And so it's always an honor to be able to worship him, lift him up. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. Turn with me, if you will, to Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14. I want to talk to you this month, really, the remainder of this month, about a subject that seems to elude most people and especially most believers. And um, Romans chapter 14, verse 17 tells us that the kingdom of God is not in eating and drinking, but it is in righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Not righteousness or peace or joy, but righteousness and peace and joy. And just to let you know, if you are on a, uh, if you have a mobile device or an iPad or whatever, you can access today's message on our Version app or the Version Bible app. We have all the verses and all the notes pulled out in there. And if you have that available, you'll want to pull on that because we're going to do quite a bit today. Um, because this month I want to talk to you on the subject of kingdom peace. Kingdom peace. Uh, we do not live in a world that's necessarily noted by peace. Um, and we think that we want peace, but we don't, I don't know that we really know what peace is. And um, as we always start out every subject, until you truly know uh, the basis of a subject, until you truly know the meat of a subject, uh, we can't really operate in it properly. And peace is a subject that, you know, we believe that we want and we think that we need. Um, and we think that we're waiting to see it in the world. Uh, but Really, when it comes down to it, kingdom citizens are to be peace initiators. We are the ones that are to be bringing peace. We are the peace in the world. Jesus said this of himself. He said, I am the prince of peace. He's the prince of peace. Amen. And so we need to know peace. We need to get to know peace and we need to see peace in operation in our lives. And so peace is to be a characteristic of kingdom citizens. We should be identified as people that are in peace. In peace. Peace with one another. Peace in our situations. But here's what we have done is we have limited peace to peaceful situations and circumstances. And kingdom peace is not identified by our situations and our circumstances. Kingdom peace is identified by who we are on the inside. Remember this, that Jesus said, the kingdom is not here or there, but it is within you. Therefore, all the characteristics of the kingdom will first be within us before they're around us. You will have peace inside you before you see peace around you. This is what Jesus is saying when he says the kingdom of God is Within you. That means I'm not waiting for a peaceful scenario or a peaceful circumstance to show up before I'm at peace. And that's what we're going to talk about today is be being at peace to better understand peace. We have to understand what the opposite of peace is. And I believe that the opposite of peace is the most identifiable in the word anxiety. I don't believe that anxious people are peaceful people. Uh, and, and you know this by just being around anxious people. That all they talk about is worry, and worry breeds fear, okay? 
um, and, and they're always anxious about the next thing that's coming. Usually they are anxious about things that have not even happened yet. <laughs> this is anxiety. And this is a real problem in the world today. Um, the world medicates anxiety. Um, I remember when I used to work at a pharmacy before I went full time in ministry. And uh, anxiety medications were some of the craziest medications that they handed out. There's one medication out there that literally says this, literally as a side effect. You know, all the world's answers have side effects. The bank has a side effect. It's called interest. Medications have a side effect. It's called diarrhea and vomiting and nausea. <laughs> and one of the medications literally said this. It was for anxiety now. For the first two weeks, you may have enhanced suicidal thoughts. I'm not even joking you. That's literally what it reads on the bottle. For the first two weeks until your body gets used to it and your body begins to appropriate itself to it, for the first two weeks you may have increased suicidal thoughts. You may become more anxious than you were before until this thing really settles in. And that's not to mention, uh, you know, the diarrhea and the nausea and the vomiting and the achy joints. And the increased heart reps. And then you have to take another pill to take care of that stuff. Now, you can keep that, man. My joints ache. I got, bleared, bleed, I got bleeding coming from my ears and I can't get off the toilet. But I'm not anxious. I don't have any more anxiety. No, you can keep that stuff. And really what it comes down to is the world is making money off of people that don't obey God's word. The world is banking on people not listening to this. Because I know this, that this has every answer that I need in life with no side effect. In fact, Paul wrote in Romans chapter 8 that if we will live according to the Spirit, we'll live a, a life full of peace. He said the spirit, the Holy Spirit, is a spirit of life and a spirit of peace. And so the opposite of this peace, the opposite of the peace that we're seeing, that, that we're not seeing in the world, is this anxiety issue, is this anxiousness. And I believe that the enemy is destroying people through anxiety and through anxiousness. And this isn't a subject that the church really talks about a whole, whole lot, because I don't think the church has really gotten a full glimpse of it. And so I've been studying this out for a little while now, and um, I think that there are some points that we can look at. And um, I believe that we'll take the rest of this month to really study out this subject and really look at it, uh, to really identify what peace looks like so we can see it in operation in our lives. We need to be peaceful people. We need to be peaceful people. You know, um, one thing that we uh, talk about a lot in the world today is world peace. World peace. What does that even mean? Uh, they're, they're talking about nations all uh, in agreement with each other, all in alignment with each other. And I see lots of heads shaking. No, it's not going to happen. And we know it's not going to happen because we've been promised that it's not going to happen. The Father will 
will go at war against son and mother, against daughter, and nations will continue to collide and continue to want to overtake each other. You can't have world peace and world domination at the same time. So look at what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. He actually talks about this worry issue. Worry, worrying did not just show up in the late 2000s. Worrying didn't just show up in the 1960s. Worry didn't show up in the, 19, in the early 1900s with the Great Depression. Worry didn't show up in the 1800s with the Civil War or the 1700s with the Revolutionary War. And we just celebrated uh, our country's birthday, our day of independence and freedom. For a free country, we sure do worry a lot. For worry didn't show up in, uh, you know, the 1400s, didn't show up in the, uh, uh, the late Bible years. Worry has always been an issue for people. And look what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. He said, therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life. <laughs> do not worry about your life. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Verse 26. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith. Look at how he's tying peace with faith. He's tying my position and attitude of peace with my belief in God. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, one more time, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Anxiousness, worry, anxiety. This word anxiety, this, or in fact, this word worry in the Greek comes from a Greek word that means this. This is the definition for the Greek word for worry, to divide into two parts. The word worry that Jesus is using here literally means to divide into two parts. Worry takes place in your mind. Most people worry about something that has not even happened yet. We live in a day and age that information gets to us 
faster than it ever has in our lives. Back in Jesus' day, somebody would have to send a messenger with a message to come run you down to let you know of something. It would be three or four days before you ever found out about something. When they went and came to Jesus about Lazarus dying, it took them a while. He didn't get a phone call. He didn't get a tweet or a voicemail or a text message or an IM. He didn't even get an email. Somebody had to run down the road to him and say, hey, your friend Lazarus is at the point of death. But today, information gets to us so quickly. I mean, you don't even have to wait for it to come to you anymore. Back, you know, when I was a young kid growing up, and I'm not even that old. I'm 31 years old. Y'all can remember way before me, but when I was in the 90s, you had to go get it. You didn't know about it unless you turned on the radio or turned on the TV. Now it comes straight to you. I mean, it gets to you wherever you're at. And that information is what moves us. That information, that information is what gets us in the posture of worry. We allow information about things that have not even happened yet change our position. And we become divided into two parts. So if anxiety or worry is to divide into two parts, then we could say this, that peace unifies. Peace brings it to one, brings uh, makes it one. We say this, you know, we talk about world peace. The reason we're talking about world peace is because we're talking about a unification. When I'm at peace with someone, we're in agreement. We, there, there's, no, there's no division there. There's no dissension there, right? If I'm at peace with an individual, that means that we are one. We're in agreement on something. And so we can say that peace means to unify Unify what? Well, if worry or anxiety takes place in our mind, so can peace. Peace is a unified position of the mind. Unified with what? Unified with God's word. True peace comes from being unified with God's word. Peace is the result of... Of aligning my thoughts with God's word. I'll say that again. Peace is the result of aligning my thoughts with God's word. When I can think along the lines of God's word and not allow my mind to be divided or be distracted, worry and anxiety has no place in my life. So the first thing we've got to identify is I've got to get to know God's word. I've got to seek after God's word. That's why he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now, when he said seek first, did he mean first seek the kingdom, then you can seek everything else? No, he's saying if you seek the kingdom, you'll find out you won't need to seek anything else. If I can align my thoughts with the word of God. I won't need to be divided anywhere else. 
I won't need to take my thoughts and be concerned with the health of my body or with what I'm going to wear or how I'm going to pay my mortgage and, and all the stuff that we worry about, all the stuff that we think up in our lives, all the stuff that we divide our mind. You know, uh, James later on uh, went on to say this, that a double minded man is unstable in all his ways. So then we could say this, a man that has a mind at peace is stable in everything he does, is planted, is firm, is fixed in everything that he does. Peace is the greatest stabilizer. Peace is the greatest stabilizer. So peace is a result of aligning our thoughts with God's word. When our mind becomes unified with the word of God, we become at peace. Here is just a few things of what anxiety is and what, what anxiety produces in our life. Number one, anxiety is living like God's word is not true. Anxiety is living like God's word is not true. Anxiety is worry over something that has not happened yet. Anxiety is worry over something that has not happened yet. And anxiety comes as a result of putting pressure on something that was not designed to carry your weight. Say that again. Anxiety comes as a result of putting pressure on something that was not designed to carry your weight. The reason why people get anxious with the economy is because the economy was never designed to meet your needs. So when we see the economy fail, we fail. The reason why uh, people get anxious with medications and doctors and their health is because medications and doctors were never designed to carry the weight of your health. Jesus did on the cross thousands of years ago by taking stripes on his back. He took care of it. And so when the, when the medications fail, they no longer work. They no longer sustain us. When the doctors fail and they can't figure it out and they're just practicing. <laughs> it's called a practice for a reason. They don't always have the answers. And when we put our trust and our faith in that and it fails we fail when we uh, see the government fail and our and the healthcare system fail. Then we fail when we're placing our trust in that. When we're placing our trust in our spouse, there's no peace in the marriage. When we're placing uh, the, the the trust in our home, in the four hundred one k, when the list goes on and on. None of those things were designed to carry your weight. So when we are taking our weight and our concerns and putting it, putting pressure on those things, they will break every time. Every time. So anxiety is the result of putting weight or pressure on something that was not designed to carry our weight. Go to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. The Bible actually has much to say about anxiousness, anxiety, worry. 
And just the opposite, it has a lot to say about peace. Your children right now next door are learning the fruit of the Spirit this summer. They're going through every single one, and they're getting a little take-home card that they take home with them, and there's a little phrase that goes along with it. And they learned about peace. They learned about peace being trust in God. Trust in God's Word. See, if I can put full assurance and full faith and full trust in God's Word, I'll be at peace. Because it was designed to carry me. That's why he said, cast your cares upon me. Why? Because I care about you. Let me let you know something. The doctor don't care about you. The prescriptions don't care about you. The economy doesn't care about you. The government doesn't care about you. The healthcare system does not care about you. Your job does not care about you. Your paycheck does not care about you. Not the way God can. God says, because I care for you, you can cast your cares on me. What's he saying? I'm strong enough to carry your weight, so give me the pressure. He's the only one that's strong enough to carry the weight. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Be anxious for nothing. That sounds a lot like Jesus. Therefore, do not worry about your life. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Some of us good, some of us might be good at praying, but we're not as good as at thinking and thankfulness and thanksgiving. Your prayers ought to be coupled with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is what puts you in the posture of knowing that God will come through because you don't thank someone for doing something they haven't done. But when you get yourself in a position of thankfulness, when you get yourself in a position of thanksgiving and being thankful for what God has done, I'm going to tell you right now, it's very hard to be anxious when you're in a position of thankfulness. It's very hard. Becomes difficult when you're thanking God for the air that you're breathing. When you're thanking God that you woke up this morning, you were able to brush your teeth and dress yourself and do your own hair. When you were able to wake up this morning and eat normal food. When you were able to wake up this morning and you had a paycheck in your account. When you were able to wake up this morning and go to work and go to a job. The job you complain about all the time, but you had the job to go to. And the kids that you have that you get on your nerves and you gripe and complain about and yell at all the time. When you start thanking God rather than being in a position of griping and complaining, it's very hard to be anxious. It's very hard to worry about what hasn't happened when you learn and you put yourself in a position of remembering what God has done. So he says here, by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Watch this. And the peace of God. So that means that there's another kind of peace. If he, has to, if he, if he just said, and peace will surpass, will, will guard your heart. No, he said, and the peace of God. The peace that comes from God. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, which is so crazy and ridiculous that it won't make any sense at all, is what that means. Peace unexplainable. 
Why are you at peace? I don't know. Why, why do you, I mean, people will be perplexed when you operate in the peace of God. It surpasses all understanding. Will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. This word guard is a military term. This word guard has the picture of soldiers standing out in front of a city preparing for an attack. It carries the connotation that I am preparing for what's coming. Here's where most people miss it when it comes to peace. We wait to get in peace after the attack has taken place. Peace is a position of preparation. Say that again. Peace is a position of preparation. When you are expecting an attack, you can better prepare for it. This isn't telling me that that the attack won't happen. Peace doesn't keep the attack from happening. Peace keeps you going through the attack. Peace is a position of preparing myself for what's coming. You're in expectation of something. You're preparing yourself for what? For adversity, for trials, for troubles, for tribulation, for opposition. When soldiers go into battle, they don't go unprepared. When a boxer goes to fight, there's a term that they use. It's called letting your guard down. Letting your guard down makes you susceptible and vulnerable to an attack. But if I can keep my guard up, I can better defend myself in battle. I position myself for opposition. I position myself in preparation of what's coming. Peace prepares you. Peace puts you in a position that is ready to take on opposition. It puts up your guard and says, bring it on. That's what peace does. Peace, kingdom peace, is not limited to peaceful situations. In fact, Peace does its best work in the midst of opposition. We said on Wednesday that you are anointed for messes. You should wake up every morning and tell yourself that. I am anointed to take on a mess. Your family's a mess. Your job's a mess. Your co-workers are a mess. Your job's a mess. Your, your children are a mess. Your marriage is a mess. Your finances are a mess. You were anointed for that very purpose. See, you know, it's like when I taught on joy several months ago. The joy of the Lord is our strength. <laughs> we love the verse. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord. Well, then why do you need to be strong? We never ask the question. We think joy and peace and faith and all these other things keep the things from happening. 
No, the stuff is going to happen regardless. The peace and the joy and the faith and the love and the goodness and the faithfulness positions you for what's coming. Peace is a position of preparation. He says here, worry for nothing. Notice that the peace of God is proactive, not reactive. The peace of God is proactive, not reactive. It's something that I do knowing something's coming, not something I do after it's already come. If you are waiting until after the attack takes place, it's too late. No, I need to get in peace. I need to position myself and prepare myself for what is coming. Peace is how we position ourselves for times of adversity. Peace is a result of aligning my thoughts with God's word. And when I align, when I align my thoughts with God's word, then the attack can't touch me. The attack can't move me. I remain peaceful in anxious moments. I remain peaceful in moments of anxiety and moments where I could worry. When worry would try to take over my life. Peace is how we position ourselves for times of adversity. When you are expecting an attack, you are better prepared to fight it off. And peace does not stop the attack. It gets you through it. Peace does not stop the attack. It gets you through the attack. Jesus had stuff to say about anxiety, but he also had stuff to say about peace. John chapter 14, verse 1. By the way, John chapter, uh, John chapter 13 all the way up to about 17 is the last statements that Jesus made before he went to the cross. He's sitting with the disciples. This is when the Lord's Supper takes place. This is when the communion takes place. This is when he washes his disciples' feet. And you know this, that you say the most important stuff when you know you don't have a lot of time. The stuff that you say in those moments, uh, you're not just, you know, shooting the air and talking about the weather. You're getting down to the nitty gritty. You're talking about what is most important. Important, the most valuable things you can come up with. And look what he says in John chapter 14, verse 1. He says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Let not your heart be troubled. What's the answer for a troubled heart? Believe in God and believe in his word. John chapter 1 verse 1 tells me that uh, his word, that, that Jesus was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So when he says you believe in God, believe also in me. He says believe in God and believe in the word of God. The answer for a troubled heart, the answer for a heart that is in worry, the answer for a heart that is anxious, the answer for a a heart that is overcome with cares of the world, believe in God, believe in his word. That's why he stated earlier in Matthew chapter 6, O you of little faith, faith, our faith positions us for peace. 
You can put it this way. Our belief in God and his word determines our level of peace. The more that I can believe in God and the more that I can believe in his word, the higher the level of my peace and the lower my level of anxiety. But the less I know of God's word and the less that I believe in God to come through, the higher my anxiety. I heard someone put it this way. Worry is temporary atheism. If you worry about a situation, you don't believe God can take care of it. Because you wouldn't worry if you really believed he was alive and he could take care of your situation. Yeah, that one hits home a little bit. Worry is temporary atheism. You go a little further on down in John chapter 14, verse 27, it says this. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Now, let's look at a few things here. He says this. The New Living says it this way. I'm leaving you with a gift. A peace of mind and a peace of heart. The peace I give is a gift that the world cannot give. Look, we have to understand this, that The peace that the world tries to offer you is subpar. Subpar to the peace of the kingdom of God. The peace that Jesus is giving, the peace that Jesus wants us to operate in, and that is uh, identifiable of kingdom citizens, is not a peace that the world has to offer. The world cannot give you the peace. That Jesus promises. He promises this. That we'll have peace in the midst of trouble. Not at the expense of trouble. We will have peace in the middle of it. Not in between it. See we all have highs and lows. We all have mountains and valleys that we go through. And there's times when we're out on top of the mountain. And peace is easy. But he wants you to have peace at the bottom, too. God's peace is not a peace that only shows up when everything's going okay. And honestly, that peace is not even really peace. True peace is tested in the midst of trial. True peace shows up in the midst of trouble. Peace I leave leave with you. A troubled heart is a fearful heart. A troubled heart is a fearful heart. If my heart is troubled, he says this, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Now, look at the first two words. Let not. Let not. That means it's up to you and I. It's our responsibility to be at peace or to be troubled. That's up to us. It's within our hands whether we operate in peace or we operate in anxiety. There's nobody else to blame. We can let our heart be troubled 
or we cannot let our heart be troubled. It's up to us. And when we operate in worry, worry leads to fear. When we operate in anxiety, you operate in fear, and there's no faith in fear. This is the connection. Look at John chapter 16. A couple more chapters over. Verse 33. John 16, verse 33. These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. Where? In him. Who's him? The word. These things I have spoken, these words you have so that when you come upon situations that aren't so peaceful, you can go to this and you can operate in peace anyways. These things I have spoken to you that you may have peace in me. In the world, you will have tribulation. In me, you will have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. What's that? Looking back on what he has done so I can look ahead at what he's going to do. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. If you look at what Jesus has done, you'll look look ahead at what he can do. But when we get in the mess, when we get in trial, when we get in tribulation and we've promised here, we've been promised here that it will come in the world. You will have tribulation. But when you're in the world, you need to be in his word so you can operate in peace instead of anxiety. The world offers fear, but he offers peace. And his peace will override the fear every time. People in peace react differently in crisis. People that are in peace react differently in crisis. Now, here's the thing. You have to be trained to operate in peace. There's training involved. They say this. uh, Aboard every plane that's flown, there's a thing that they call a black box. It records all the communication that takes place. And they say this, that any time a plane is landed differently than the way it's supposed to be, if the pilot has to, if something's gone wrong on the plane, and now they're having to sporadically at the last moment land this plane in the ocean or find another plane, or, or maybe they're having to land this thing and there's no landing gear, you can hear the communication. And they say this, that you would never know that they're in the middle of crisis by listening to how they talk. It's calm, it's smooth, they're communicating with the tower, they're communicating with each other. I was listening uh, to uh, uh, a pastor that used to, fly, used to fly planes in the Air Force. And he was talking about in Vietnam, you know, when they're in the middle of attack, and he said, there's four of us, and there's four of them, and, and they're giving commands. You know, he's saying, all right, we're going to take it over the top. I'm going to take a 90. Let's, t- let's go around this way. I'm coming around your right. He said, that's how the conversation sounds. You wouldn't even know just by listening to them that they're even in the middle of a battle. He said, they don't do this. All right, well, what are we going to do? We're going to come I'm coming over the top. Okay, watch out. We're going. It doesn't sound like that. Why? Because they have been trained 
to be at peace in the middle of a crisis. Those pilots that fly those planes and are having to, you know, sporadically land somewhere and there's trouble on the plane. I was listening to someone else talking. He said, I fly a lot. And, you know, whenever we hit turbulence or whatever, I always look at the, the, the flight attendant because they do this all the time. He said, I always watch them. And if I see them, you know, just kind of going about their business and still handing out drinks and getting people their coffee. And is there anything I can get for you? Would you like a beverage? Would you like some pretzels? You know, then I'm like, cool, we're all right. But if I see their face and if I look at them and I start seeing them kind of panic and start, you know, start to panic a little bit, I start to get a little concerned because these people would know what true uh, tribulation looks like. They will know, okay, this is bad. This isn't a good situation. Guys, the world should be able to look at us and should be able to listen to us to understand the climate of what's going on. We should be the gauge. In the midst of turmoil, in the midst of tribulation, we are still riding. We're we're not panicking. We're not frantic. We're not, uh, you know, at a loss for words. Uh, but no, we can bring comfort. We can bring peace. You would be amazed at what a peaceful person can do to other people around them in the midst of crisis. When soldiers go into battle, they've been trained for crisis. They've been trained for that. They don't get into battle and just start shooting off at everything and, and, and start uh, uh, losing protocol and start running around, scrambling about what are we going to do? And, and, and their communication is not. No, they're very tight. They're pointed because they've been trained for that very moment. We have been trained to endure crisis. Crisis doesn't affect kingdom citizens. Crisis does not affect. It doesn't matter what happens with the economy. They can talk about shutting down and laying off. They can talk about all they want. They can talk about uh, shutting the branch down. You're going to lose your job. Uh, You're going to lose your home. It doesn't matter. We maintain a solid position. And the world looks at us and they see someone that's constant, that's consistent. Not sporadic, not frantic, not panicking. This is what the world should see. But we have to train ourselves. See, those pilots are trained for that very moment. Those soldiers are trained for that very moment. They are trained to go into crisis and be peaceful in the midst of an anxious moment. Peace positions you for God's intervention. Peace positions you for God's intervention. It's difficult for God to bless people that are not at peace. Why? Because they don't trust him to show up. They don't trust him to come through. And so when we get in the middle of crisis and we start to panic and we start to get concerned and we start to worry, even though he said, do not worry, do not fret. Look, he said, don't even worry about tomorrow. 
Tomorrow has its own trouble. He said this, the only thing you need to be concerned with is 24 hours. Well, I have a bill that's due tomorrow. That's tomorrow. Let's take care of today. God is only obligated to take care of you 24 hours at a time. God is only obligated to take care of you 24 hours at a time. That's what he's promised you. He has promised to take care of you today. And what happens is we try to take care of today and tomorrow and next week and next month. And what is that? That's a mind that is divided. That's a mind that's split in two. That's not a mind that's focused on one thing. That's not a mind that is looking at one way for this thing to happen. And we start thinking about outcomes and we start thinking about results. Well, if this happens and this is going to happen and if, if, I say it to, if I say this to this person, they're going to say this back to me. And we start getting anxious and we start moving into anxiety and worry about things that have not even happened because we're putting our minds on things that he told us not to think about. He said, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. The Gentiles, what's that? The world. The world is seeking after all these things. The world is seeking how to take care of tomorrow, how to take care of next week, how I'm going to pay the the mortgage payment, how we're going to get gas in the car, how I'm going to find another job, how I'm going to make more money, how I'm going to take care of my family. The world is looking after all those things, but that is not what God told us to be concerned with. He said, seek first the kingdom of God. Get your mind focused on one thing, not two things, not five things, not ten things. Let not your heart be troubled. Do not be afraid. When we are at peace, God can move on our behalf. When I get myself in a position of peace, God can now show up. God can move in my life. God can now make himself known. God can now manifest his presence in my finances, in my home, in my job, in my family, in my body. As long as I am at anxiety, as long as I am in worry and concerned, God can't do anything. But when I get myself in a position of being mindful of the kingdom of God, peace will guard my heart. It will guard my mind. That peace will go out and it will protect you from anything that comes. You can literally think of peace like a group of soldiers standing around your mind and standing around your heart and keeping adversity from touching you. It may be all around you, but it will not touch you. David said this way in Psalm 91, it said, A thousand may fall at my side and ten thousand at my right hand, but it will not come nigh me. Will not touch me. It won't get to me. Because peace, faith in God's word will set me up for peace and I will be positioned. I'll be prepared for the attack. I won't let my guard down. I'll keep my guard up and I'll be able to fight back anything that tries to come against me. Peace is a position of trust 
And worry is a position of fear. Peace is a position of trust. Peace is taking a position of believing God at his word. But when I get worried, when I get into anxiety, I'm living like his word is not true. We disqualify ourselves from the blessing that God has for us because we're operating in anxiety rather than being at peace with the situation. So there's some training that's got to take place. There's some preparation. There's some positioning that's got to happen. I've got to position myself to be at peace. I've got to position myself for the word to take place, to take first place, to take priority in my life. When I can get at peace, God can show up in my life. Look, some of us, we haven't been allowing God to move because we've been operating out of anxiety rather than peace. We've been thinking of another way to do it. We've been thinking of another way that God, uh, another way to make this thing happen. And anxiousness takes over. Guys, we are citizens of the kingdom of God. Peace is a characteristic of kingdom citizens. You are in the world, but you are not of the world. The world that you're of offers peace that the world cannot offer. God has a peace for you today. No matter what's been troubling your heart, no matter what's been troubling your mind, he said, let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Guys, it's in our hands. It's in our possession. Over the next several weeks, I want to look at people in the Bible that chose to operate out of peace rather than fear. That chose to seek first the kingdom rather than seek first themselves. It's funny how every time we get into a struggle, there's this thing inside of us that tells us that we can take care of it on our own. There's this thing inside of us that tells us, you don't need anybody else. Guys, we have the hardest time talking to people about things that we're going through. We just do. We listen to the lies that say nobody understands. Nobody will understand what you're going through. They can't help you. They don't have answers. But there is a peace from the kingdom of God that has the answer for every situation we've ever been through and will ever go but we have to align ourselves with God's word peace only works when we get in this if we're missing this we're missing peace what happens is is we become relegated to what the world has to offer the only option we have is to go to the world and ask a doctor what's going on. Ask the bank for help. Ask friends for help. 
But God is saying, I've got something for you. It's right here in my word. I have given you these words. I have spoken this to you so that you may have peace in me. In the world, you will have trial and tribulation. You will have tests. There will be opportunities to become discouraged and anxious and worried. But if you can get in my word, it will override anything the world has to do. Anything the world has to give you. I want to operate in kingdom peace. I want to operate in the peace that God has to offer. I want to operate in peace that the, the that God has to bring and bring over my life because then I can be peaceful in the midst of troublesome situations. Wouldn't you like to be the one that people look to and come to for peace? That they look to you, they look to you and they come to you and they say, How do you do it? Why are you so peaceful? It's a peace that passes all understanding. It's ridiculous. This, this, I, I don't understand, but I do know this, that in His Word, He's got every answer for me. He can get me out of this. Become thankful. Get in a posture of thankfulness. Get in a posture of thanking Him for what He has done because that gets us in a position of faith for what He's going to do. And then, we become at peace. Some of us just need to do better at reflecting on what he has done. Quit looking at all the junk that's around you. Quit looking at all the, the junk that's falling apart. Quit thinking about what's going to happen when it hasn't even happened yet. Quit thinking about all the stuff that could happen and should happen and would happen. And start thinking about what he has done and start expecting him to do something different. Get your guard up. Get yourself prepared for the attack that's coming. And know this, that I'm going to stay consistent. I'm going to stay constant in the Word of God. It's not going to fail me. It's going to come through for me. And I will not change. I will be at peace through this situation. Father, we thank you this morning that you promised us peace that passes all understanding. It's not something we're trying to wrap our mind around. It's peace that will wrap around our mind. It will guard our mind. It will guard our hearts. It will guard our words. It will guard our actions. Father, we train ourselves to operate in peace. We train ourselves to be at peace. Father, we will be beacons of peace. We will offer hope to a world that doesn't see any hope. We'll offer peace to a world that is anxious and worried and concerned. We will offer peace as kingdom citizens. We thank you that you have promised us peace, a peace that passes all understandings, a peace that will stand guard around our minds and our hearts. Let not our hearts be troubled. We believe in you, we believe in your word, and we believe in peace operating in our lives. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you need an offering,